That was it. That was it. Ha ha. Um, how are you enjoying it right now? Ha ha. I'm enjoying it way better than One Piece, I'll tell you that much. Bro, I didn't even ask all that. <laughs> you asked me how I was enjoying it. So I, I, I didn't say how you enjoyed it compared to One Piece. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Herbal Synergies, the shop. I'm your host, Sinji. With me, as always, my co-host, Herbay. What up? What's up, Herbie? How you doing today? I'm doing swell. It's a nice day out. Swell? Yes, swell. <laughs> oh, God. Do you got a flavor this week, Arby? Yeah, I, I got one. I'm going to stick with a recurring theme, and that is that time. Slime. Yes. And another female character empowerment going on here. I'm going to go the moment, well, the whole episode was just exquisite. Great. Yeah, it yes. was a great episode. Yeah, uh, but I did like how Shion cut all of Clayman's limbs off. That that was one, and then I liked the other part where she was like, he tied her up with the, the marionette strings, and she was like, oh, is this supposed to do something? Like, am I supposed to wait for this to kick in? And she just goes, and breaks out all that, too. So I was like, huh. So. Yeah, I feel like Clayman was never above a margin. Actually, yeah. I don't I don't even feel like it. They, they exposed that later on. Yeah, they did. Uh, so, I was like, man, but she owned, she was, yeah, she gets my flavor of the week. My flavor this week is coming out of solo leveling. And it is Sung Jing Mu's commanders. Top commanders going against each other. And it cuts off at a very, very um, key moment. And you don't know um, who takes the cake. I have a feeling it's not the one everyone's going to want it to be. But you never know. I'll find out in about Wednesday. In about Wednesday. In about Wednesday. Interesting. Mm -hmm. About mm -hmm. Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. Well, it'll be here before you know it. Okay. That time I was reincarnated the slime. Let's just kick it off with that. We already brought it up in the flavor. That was a great yes. episode. It was. I feel like... Yeah. The episode coming out Tuesday or Wednesday is not going to be as lit as this episode. I feel like Rimuru is going to actually dispose of Clayman fairly quickly. I'm not too sure about that. But I, I feel like whatever he has planned is to release the souls of those that were trapped and maybe get them back. I'm not sure. I don't know. But, but yeah, well, I'll do a little recap. Episode 47, Returning from the Brink. My main man, Valdora, shows up. And the whole reason why he shows up, shows up is because he couldn't wait to uh, know the next part of the novel. Kind of like how you can't wait to read or watch stuff. It's like, it's killing me. I got to know. Bro, so 
Fuck that. Let's go on to the fight. <laughs> nah, man. You gotta you gotta recap. No, no, fuck that. Let's go to the militant fight. No, you, there's other stuff that you, you gotta let the people know about. Nah, so, Veldro was the high, the second highlight of this episode, bro. Yeah, but okay, let me do the recap, and then your impatient self can get there. Come on, hurry up. So, so uh, he couldn't wait to read it, and then we find that Milium is Veldro's oldest brother's only child. Oh, we knew that already. Did we? I didn't know that. Oh, I knew that from the Veldoro's diaries. Yeah. Well, anyhow, uh, he comes in and, and Veldora is just like Rimru and he stops talking and then Rimru runs off. So that happens. And then Rimru undoes, undoes the curse on the nine head. Oh, it's Fox. so cute. It is. She was like, help me. So he undoes the curse. And then Ranga's jealous ass. Yeah, and then Beretta dismantled whatever the doll was. And now you can get into the fight with Valdora using Hadoukens. Yo, Hadoukens, fucking um, Shortyukens. Uh, what I wrote it down. He used a, uh, a Tatsumaki Senpukyaku. Yeah. Bro, Valdora used the Kamehameha wave. Yeah, he did. This man was just having the time of his life, bro. Yeah, and then what got me is when his hair turned yellow, and I was like, and it went up like Gohan's. I was like, man, this man really broke out, broke out the Kamehameha wave. So it was, it was pretty good. And then, so so this is when my flavor starts, where uh, they, they stop everyone from fighting. So only left is, I think, is Clayman and Malim. And this is when Clayman did his first attack, where where he did the the straw or or the cl- or what are you, the strings? Straw he pulled a, the... Yeah, he pulled a um, what's that guy's name? Do Flamingo with the puppet strings, and <laughs> and Shion was like, "Oh, what is this? Should I get more time?" And he breaks out, <laughs> and she starts messing him up. And then this is when Valdora does the Kamehameha wave. That's great. And and then this is where everything starts to unfold. You find that Lord Carrion was there in disguise. And you find out the Lady Frey wasn't on actually on Clayman's team. And Malim, this is the part where I kind of did some research last week, and Malim, she wasn't actually mind controlled. She just was pretending because she knew someone else was in charge of Clayman. She kind of wanted to get to the bottom of it. That which, is a very intellectual side you would have never guessed Milligan had. Yeah. So, so it was, it was one of those. I was like, I was like, oh, th- that's why Raphael earlier was like, <sighs> like she was exasperated because you didn't let her finish her statement like she wasn't being mind controlled so my research led me the gauntlets they did they he rumor gave them to her and they only like reduce her power by like 10 percent. so it and she can't be mind controlled anyway that was one of her other things so it was it, it was very eye-opening with stuff so so that happens but that fight when Shion cuts all his limbs off 
effortless. And then she like, was toying like, with him. Yeah, she, he came through, and then she just was like, and then dropped him down. So, but yeah, Malene's a great actor. <laughs> Evidently, then, she is. Yeah, like she and like, she oh, and she, she let nigga hit her. Yeah, it's like he got mad because she didn't. I was like, oh man, she didn't get mad when she got hit and being mistreated. And then Frey was like, you kind of worried me because I thought that you might have been, but you weren't. And she's like, ha ha ha, I'm so great. Huh. And just so, room this room would tell Carrion that he would like to help rebuild the city, and they took some money from Clayman's stuff to rebuild stuff. And then Carrion's just like, wait, so you chose to destroy my entire nation? Yeah. And she's like, oh, it just, that was part of the act. She was like, the missteps and yeah, everything we saw is always under control and da-da-da. He was like, she was like, I must be really weak then. And it's like, yeah, you are, buddy. Damn. You're weak. So, so then we find that Clayman was actually part of the Harley Quinn alliance, and he was the weakest one of the alliance. So I told him not to, to act. And then Raphael, I'm not sure. This part was kind of confusing because th- does Clayman has his own Raphael? I think... Because he, it was like, oh, something, something activates and it activates. Um, that, that part confused me too a little bit. But I think it was more so... Like... After he did that, Rimuru said, this is all according to plan. Like, we we needed this to happen to do blah, blah, blah. So maybe he has an ability to do that, but, like, it requires the other person's permission. So Raphael was asking him. But, like, he thought it was, like, a sign that he would get stronger. And it was really like, hey, we just need you. I don't know. That That's my theory. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because it's a great being, so... Yeah, so that happens, and he gets a major power-up, and then Raphael had planned for all of this, so. I, I mean, I you, I feel like Raphael could be playing pulling Remus' leg and just playing as if it knew when it might have not known all along. It's like, oh, that makes sense. I'm just going to pretend I knew. I mean, it, she is an like, omnipotent being, so... Mm-hmm. There might be a few things she doesn't know. Like, she's able to analyze stuff and look at it, and she's like, oh, well, this, this, and this. You should use this to counter it, so. Yeah, like, Veldero knew. Yeah. How he knew, I don't know, but, like, he knew. He could tell just by looking at her. Evidently. Yeah, so. But, yeah. I kind of want that uh, outfit Rima is wearing. Then buy it. Nah. You could cosplay it. I could. I could. I could. Buy a blue wig. Yeah. Yeah. You could do it. So, uh, next episode. Rimuru versus Clayman. Awakened. How do you think it's going to go? I think it's going to be a quick uh, match. Um, I'm not sure. That power-up, the different souls... I think the fight's gonna at least be about maybe seven minutes worth of action and talking the dialogue, and then the rest of the episode's gonna be 
removed, taken steps to repair, either claiming and find out who actually put them up to this and what's going on, and they're going to flash back to um, Shizu's student and get a whole explanation out of him as to why, what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, Rimu already suspects him. Um, but considering how easily Shion disposed of Clayman in what he thought was his strongest form, I just don't think Rimu is going to take too much time on him. But Rimu can be a show-off. Show it, it might take time because depending on what he's trying to do, if he's trying to, like, save souls or if he's trying to get to the bottom of stuff or, like, you know how you fight and draw out information? Mm-hmm. That could happen, or he could try to find out his attacks and, and go go that route, but it's it's one of those. Okay, so. okay, okay. So, um... You reading anything, read anything good in Tower of God? Got anywhere good? Oh, yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff in Tower of God. Okay, so while you're bringing that up, I shall mention, I don't know if I brought this up already, but I did start reading Shaman King. Uh, I, I think that's a Netflix series. Oh, and, I don't know. And what kind of gets me upset about these books already is the books are made three volumes in one. So the book is big as hell, man. Like, mm. holding it is really awkward. It, it seems all right. It, 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 I, I, I heard the show is really good. So I thought the manga would be really good. But, like, I, I have to watch the first episode and see if my opinion of the anime is different from the manga. Because, like, I'm not... I read it like a couple weeks ago, and I haven't been in a rush to read the next chapter. You know what I mean? I I watched the TV show when I was younger, so. A Shaman King. Yeah. I the think... one that's out is a reboot. Yeah. And so I have to go back and look at it, but I used to be like, "Let me get my Furioku and grab the stick and make it into a sword." So. Yeah, but... I might check out the anime. The anime might I might enjoy the anime. Oh, maybe I have the original manga. Maybe not. I couldn't tell you. Nah, because, yeah, sure. no, nah, I don't have the original one. It, it should be the, the reboot one, because uh, this store at the mall near me sells mangas, and they have, like, the next three volumes that I don't have. Yeah. But, anyhow, you want me to talk about Tower God? TLG, baby. Yeah, so we're getting to the point where Boro asks Horiyan... Uh, where she met Fug before, or or where no Harion asks Boro where he met Fug before, and Boro tells her that he met them on the train in his first encounter, and his first encounter with Fug was with a Slayer nominee, and that Slayer nominee like slaughtered the whole train except for like four people, uh, well five, but. One of them later on dying, died later. Then he said he left something on the train. And then the train path, the way he was talking, it was like, it's going to become revolutionary, revolution road. And the people blocked the door and to, for the, to get up and down in the, in the, the arena area. 
and they're doing that to eliminate more people before the, the arena starts. And then Rand comes up and knocks the guy out guarding at the door. <laughs> and so, so then we, we find out that it's going to be a tournament of teams, and there's eight teams in there. And Beta wants to fight, bam, the completed one again. Later on, down the road, the guy at the door told him to give up because of uh, Yuri Han's or Yuri Ha's true identity. And then they start expl explaining the tournament, and the cost of the tournament is uh, one ticket per person, and winning team gets the deposited tickets. So the, the way it worked was you can enter in one ticket per person for for whatever game mode it was. And I did pick this up that on the ticket, it says the Revolution Road. So I was like, oh, okay. So is this what the Slayer nominee was talking about? Mm -hmm. And so Bam's team participates in the crazy curse yellow ball, I think. And then this is where the bombshell happens. Yuriha knows Bam is Jewel, Jewel Vio Grace. So they start explaining the, the objective of the game. You have to get the ball to, to the goalpost of the other team to win. It's kind of like rugby. Then Rand confronts Haryan, and they start talking about stuff. And then the game starts, and Bam uses reverse flow control. And then Yuri Hod says she's helping Fug, and she made this. Now this part, I was like, "Damn, my guy, you just smitten over Rachel. You just care so much about her." So he doesn't know how to feel. Yeah. So what happens is she makes a deal. And was like, "Oh, if you get past me, I'll give information on Rachel, and if you don't get past me, you, you have to give me some tickets." And then so, so it happens. Bam doesn't get past her. So so she owes him a ticket. And and then they go to the next chapter. Mister Aka, he, they find him and he's he's huge. Sir and, Aka. Yeah. And Blue Lizard Man. Yes. Yeah, and then Yuriha, they do a flashback with Yuriha. She talks about something she wants, and then Emily connects her with Rachel, and then Yuriha breaks Bam's control. Wait, what's what's Blue Hair Girl's actual name? Because Yuriha is the princess. Oh, it's it's something. I I look it up. She's from the Ha family. She is That's from what the, the Ha family. Said. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, you could look, you could look it up while I yeah, keep doing some spills. Uh, so they get connected. She breaks band control, passes the ball to a teammate, and, and then she does another trap again. And Bam's like, "You gotta trust me one more time. I'll I'll get past her, and that he will finish the game." And then. Bam, I, I don't know what happened, but Bam had the ball for over like 10 seconds. And and then he like stopped time on it. And he figures out like her secret that it's the bag that does it. And Hannah Yu 
gets the ball thrown to her from from uh, the blue haired woman, and it like basically burns her heads. And, and Burrow calls him an idiot for getting provoked by the lady, and then Bam uses the exploding ball on the bag to get through. So this is also where you see some of Bam's growth, where he borrowed from the thorn. I guess they switched from the needle to the thorn and upgraded, evolved into a new Pokemon to defeat the blue hair lady. Uh, that's why it, it's a little confusing. Her name is Yura. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You're, I guess that was Yuri. Yuri is the princess and then she is Yura. Yeah, okay, so I was saying it right. <laughs> so, Saran so goes to talk to Mitsur Aka, Akia. <laughs> Akia. Yeah, Akia. So, so the, they find out the moment that she, she got blown away, she lost her power because of the bag, and the bag has the power of sensory resistance skill, and then it's made for blocking the reverse control flow. And then Rack, I did find this interesting. Rack points out that the bag is something similar to the blue-haired turtle. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to another flashback, and Yura Ha says she doesn't need fans, fame, clothes, or money. And Emily knows what she wants, and it's on the train, and she will guide her to the train. So her bag was higher than a C-level item. So it's a pretty strong bag. Got nothing on Gucci or Prada, but it's a pretty strong bag. But the bag blocks enemy sensory control. And then Yuraha announces that this whole thing's a daggone trap. And then Rand talks some smack to Acker Williams. Then he get his ticket snatched. <laughs> so so that, that's where I was at for that chapter. Shit's getting spicy. It is. And then Rachel's group goes to attack the gatekeeper. And a fight ensues. Physical attacks won't work on the Miratok Guardian. And we find that Daniel Hatchild, his ability kind of... It's like 90... He kills people and then he uses their energy or something. It's weird. Don't know. Don't explain it later. So what I did find weird was that he uses like 94, 94 uh, people's worth of power to attack but this guy had the remote the whole time that he got from a captain of the train that was his buddy and so he just deactivates him he just wanted to show off or test power or something something crazy. I like him, I like him as a character. Egotistical people you would like him as a character well, he's got to grow on you. You'll see. You see later he, on. He reminds me of Monkey D. Luffy. You no wait <laughs> wait. You have to understand why. Nah, I'm kidding. He's in his position. I'm kidding. Well, we're defending him as if he's better than Luffy. No, I'm I'm kidding. But uh, the plan all along was to act, still an actual train. Yuri Ha, Yura Ha tells them the plan. The bag is the key to her plan to escape from the floor. Rand gets knocked to, to the stage with his opponent and they start. They want to start the next match. And then Boro tells them to stop because of the trap. 
and doing all of this, Yuraha, she gets in the bag and she teleports. And she gonna do this once a day, but if she had a bag at another predetermined location, she can teleport to it. Now, the question so, I don't think was ever answered about this bag for me was, can she just create another bag, or does she have to retrieve the bag she left in the game? Like, I don't understand. She, um... I don't know. I think it's probably one of those ones where she takes it and creates it. And then the other previous one just disappears or something? Or it just ceases to function or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. They'll, they'll tell you something later on. And then Suhu Rabbit, Ear Woman, and Beta entered the control room and they confirmed that the train, they're they're about to steal the, the train. And Hori, Hori Yun leads the way. And the first gate to the Hell Train is starting. Is uh, is the stairs, and they reach the little helix. Yeah, so then they decide to split into two teams to not make it obvious as to what's happening. And this is where Boro and Aka starts uh, talking about the incident. And we find out Aka is looking for her. I don't know who her is. Then, yeah, the whole pass is mysterious. Mm-hmm. And Beta transverses the maze and gets into the elevator. He beats whoever's guarding it, and then he finds out that the elevator buttons are all broke. Because of Yuraha. She was a smart little cookie. She is, blue-haired bitch. Dang, why you hate my girl? So I don't know why she... Listen, listen. You'll see. Carry on. That was it. That was it. Ha ha. Um, how are you enjoying are you it right now? Ha ha. I'm enjoying it way better than One Piece. I tell you that much. Bro, I didn't even asked all that. <laughs> you asked me how I was enjoying it. So I I, I didn't say how you joined it compared to One Piece. I just well, asked just how you. Jeez. How I was enjoying it. My man, stay coming from me. You know what's fucked up, guys. You know what's real fucked up. He talks all this shit. But then sends me a link to Devil Fruits, and my dumbass bought 16 Devil Fruits. Well, one, because I know you enjoy it, so that's why I sent it. I ain't make you buy it, though. Thankfully, they're not that big. They're like, maybe five inches? That's, you know, that's a, that's how big the Devil Fruits are. Did you eat one yet? No, I, I didn't get them. Oh, dang. I did do express shipping, though. Wow. Well, it's from, it's from, like, Japan. So, like, if I do regular shipping, who knows how long it'll take to get here. Two, three months. Exactly. So, um, before we you move on, Irby, I am currently um, fucking planes. I'm gonna go ahead and just... I'm going to say what I say, and then I'm going to mute myself until the plane goes away. But, Irby, I'm currently in the Retrieve Sasuke mission arc of Naruto. Guys, I'm rewatching Naruto on my spare time. Um, other than Naruto versus Sasuke, who do you feel had the best fight out of the other Genin? <sighs> With Choji now, I don't think Choji's fight wasn't good. 
I think the only other one that I would say would be that didn't require outside help was Neji's fight because he solved that by himself. And Choji's fight was just basically strength on strength. Neji's had a little bit more cunning and a little bit more analytical fighting strength. Uh, Shikamaru was a, a good one, but in the end, he couldn't beat her. She was too overpowered. But that still kind of set up the, I guess, the stage for them to be saved. Kiba, I, that one was weak sauce. Uh, so, And then Brock Lee had a good one with Kimimaru. But yeah, I'm gonna have to give it to to Neji. Show my my Hugo clan some some love. I think I agree with that. I think in this particular order, Neji, Choji, uh, Shikamaru. No, no, no. Neji, Choji, Lee, Shikamaru, and then Kiba. Yeah, I think I would do. I would do Neji, Shikamaru, Choji, and then Kiba. Well, well, Lee, I would do Lee probably third or fourth. It doesn't matter. You can throw him in there, but Kiba's last. Yeah, Kiba's definitely last. Ke- yeah, unfortunately, Kiba didn't do much but, like, damn near kill himself. Yeah, and Akamaru got beat up, and he was pretty much floating down river for, like, 20 episodes. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Nah, I'm not going to say 20. I'm going to say, like, five. It was just one. It was one episode. <laughs> oh, my bad. All fights are like one or else. two episodes. <laughs> yeah, I'm confused that with One Piece. My bad. Wow. What in One Piece? Shoot. Because One Piece fights go about 20 episodes. I'm talking about from the wind up to the first punch. Got all the planes in the area today. Hey, you're popular. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Well, anyhow. Um, but yeah. Tokyo Revengers! Shall we talk about Tokyo Revengers? Yeah. Okay. 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 I don't know why I'm so excited to talk about Tokyo. It was a filler episode anyway. It it sure was. I felt like that. I was like, oh, this is filler. It was 100% filler. It was nothing... um, Basically, the whole episode, they were leading up to this big meeting that was really important for Takamichi. And in the course of getting there, um, Draken invited Takemichi to his house, where Takemichi learns that Draken lives in a brothel. And this guy went to the bathroom who had an appointment. So when Homegirl came through and saw Takemichi, she thought that Takemichi was her appointment. And then, yo, she was about to get in that bath all naked. And Draken's like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, yeah. oh, he's with you, Kenshin. The lobby is not a living room, blah, blah, blah. Ugh. And do this. So, like, they all ask Draken to do chores around the, the house. And um, Takamichi gets to see Draken's uh, apartment. And then, like, he notices the pictures. And then he's like, those are everyone who's important to me. So thank you for stop- stopping Mikey. And then Mitsuya... A, remembered his name. A, it's because I've seen him a lot on uh, TikToks and whatever, on Instagram. 
uh, Mitya handmade Takamichi's uh, Tomen jacket. Which, yeah, doesn't really suit Takamichi, but he did look good in it. Yeah, you kind of... Uh... Uh, yes, yes, I know, I know. Yeah, Just I would say I, I did like... I did like how uh, Takamichi thought this whole dragon was like, oh, I'm sending you up with this so you can be a man and show thanks and gratitude. That's what he thought the, the escort was for. But, but so, so yeah. So, um, you going to talk about the, their, yep. their date? Yep. So, about, Takamichi oh, sees Mikey with, what's her name? Emma. Emma's, uh, yeah, Emma who Draken had a picture of, so he knew that Draken, she was important to Draken. And Takamichi saw Emma really close with Mikey, and then Hina gets in pictures, and it's like, that's really weird. Emma has n- only has the house for Draken. We have to investigate. And then, so it's Takamichi, Hina, and then Naoto, all spying on Mikey and Emma, and he comes to the conclusion that they're dating, and they be confronted. And which which one of his friends yeah, shows up? Yaga Yagamishi. I Yagamishi think. shows up, and he's like, "Kind of think of it, I've seen her leave out of Mikey's house in the morning and go there at night. So he he must she must be spending the night there. And they're like they're convinced that she's cheating on Draken with Mikey." And then Dragon, he shows up all pissed. I, why? I don't know. He just hears his name. It's like, what about me? And he just looks like he's ready to fuck somebody. <laughs> and approaches the table and turns out, Emma is Mikey's sister. Who yeah. we've never heard about. <laughs> I mean, we knew of Emma. We just didn't know their relation. So, it's like, they have different moms. So, I feel like maybe the whole connection... With Emma and and Takamichi was before it was like they were just she's trying to get out of rise out of them because I feel like Draken might look at her as like a, a sister. little sister mm-hmm. versus a love interest. So that's a quite a, quite the rise you're trying to get out of someone. They're really young. Yeah, which I also had other some other questions I was thinking about at this moment too was. You know, well, he gave her a stuffed animal, and then Mitsuya is the president of the sewing club, and it's like, like these kids are so, like so normal and so nice and gentle and stuff. And how how do you go to to well in the future where they're they're basically using car bombs to blow up stuff? Like, the the whole premise of the gang was to protect. Kazutoro from the, the black dragons or something. Mm-hmm. Or but it's not were. the original members that are corrupt. It's the members that get added later on. Well, even if they even if they do get added, it's like their whole premise should still be this is what we are. And like if they didn't like those members, you get rid of those members. Well, because remember, in the future that we're originally trying to prevent, Kisaki is the leader of Tomen, I believe. Yeah. Uh, well, well, it was, yeah, it was weird because it was it was supposed to be Mikey, but then yeah, 
after the, the battle, Mikey he rules Valhalla, and then now your, your principles in a group is whatever your leader's principles are. So like yeah. all the followers in the of Tomen in the future are you know they're in it for a, a Kasaki mindset future, and uh, fuck what the hell is his name the the guy with the sin in the shit in San Hinama no Hanma 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 seems like a top dog. I don't know what what organization he's part of, but he seems like a top dog in the future. Yeah. Um, but the at least we haven't seen Mitsuya's or the other guys' mindsets for um, delinquents. But as far as I mean, Mikey, if, you're, if you're sewing, then how bad could you be? <laughs> right, right. As far as Mikey and Dragon are concerned, though, they're like they have this respectful uh, view as. Of, of delinquents on how they believe delinquents should behave and that's what they like hold to yeah but yeah then I also did have another thought like how long did it take Kisaki to realize that Takamichi was the one that always knew his plans and always affected the outcomes you know because Mitsuya, he he said, "Oh, this is for saving Draken the one time, and then this is for your your role in the, the bloody Halloween or whatever." So it's like, it, I kind of thought it was foreshadowing because Mitsuya was like, "Oh, you you stop this and you stop that." So I'm I'm wondering in the future, like, what episodes will we see that Kisaki's like, "Oh, this guy's the danger. We need to get this guy out of here." I don't know, man, because a lot of people in the future have, like, hinted at them knowing that he can do this. Because, like, Akon, both times he killed himself, it's like, protect us, crybaby hero. And it's just like, well, if you knew he could do it, why the fuck are you killing yourself? I don't get it. I don't understand. Akon came to that conclusion. Remember, we talked about it in a completely fucking crazy way, even though it was still correct. Yeah. But Hanma also seems like um, he knows something because he meant to kill Takemichi and Hina at the same time. Mind you, that was the first time they met up in forever. Why are you still think, trying to kill them both? I think he, um, I think she was, well, yeah. He, I think she might have always been collateral damage. Yeah, I mean, I know. I I think she was targeted this time. I think. I think so, I like, think someone oh, knows something. Yeah, someone knows something. But I, all right, here's what I think. I think Kasaki can also go back in time. Um, maybe he just has hindsight twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but forty forty. Yeah, I, I'm not sure he can go back in time. Because if he did, everything that Takamichi's done, he would have undone. Or he would stop Takamichi going back in time the first time. But think about it, think about it, think about it. Um, he, he probably doesn't know. He probably doesn't. They, like, If he did, if he could go, Takamichi doesn't know that. And Kisaki probably doesn't know that Takamichi can do it. The only... And think about it. Um... Takamichi isn't the only one who, like, 
knows what the original pass is. So does Naoto because like he's kind of linked to the power. But um, spoiler, anyone listening, uh, fast forward the next twenty seconds or so. Pete mentioned that Takamichi has another way of time traveling. So if he didn't actually need Naoto from the, the get-go to activate this power, there then not Naoto isn't contingent of the power working. Why does he also retain his memory? You know what I mean? So like I feel like multiple people could be, you know, somehow like like maybe maybe Kisaki um can't go to to the past but maybe he can retain the memory which wouldn't really help in the future i guess but that's why they tried to kill him in the future what if he can only jump to the future kisaki yeah what if he can only be like oh well, i need to do this and this happens so i could do that what if he's like foresight 2020 <laughs> i don't know man i feel like someone's got something going on yeah so yeah those are my thoughts but at the very end of the episode mikey comes out with um hanma and chief you i like chief you yeah and they say the beef is over and then that's where we end the episode and it was kind of confusing I think they were they were they said they were going to settle it. Oh, so. they are going to settle it. Right here, right now. So I don't know if they're fighting. Fire right here, right now. Yeah. Leader leader versus leader, you think that's what we're going for? Might be Chifuyu versus Hanma. I don't think Chifuyu can handle that. He might want to do it for Baji, I don't know. Who knows? We'll learn more next week. You mean uh, tomorrow? Like I said, I'll learn more next week. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so. So, yeah. So, that was that. I think all that's left is some uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. So, yeah. So this this chapter starts off with Yuji clapping to attract some curses, and then Chozo kills the curses, and Chojo Choso is impressed by Yuji's growth and his his fluid control of curse energy and his physical strength, and then he calls him a demon god, mm-hmm. which builds up so much hype for like him getting destroyed later on. Yeah, so then... Yuji kind of reminds me of Tanjiro. Like, he keeps showing all this promise to be, like, a really strong character, but he also keeps getting his ass trashed. Yeah. So, so then, um... Naoyo Zenin shows up and starts a fight. Uh, let's see. He starts a fight with uh with them and yuta okatsuyu shows up and they fight and my man yuji uses a a, uh, a car and like throws at him and he like dodges they run away and yuji also finds that 
uh, Yuta has more cursed energy than Gojo, but Gojo's six eyes prevents him from losing his cursed energy. So it's 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 an infinitesimally small loss of energy for Gojo. But Yuta's moves are difficult to read because he's so like fluid because he's an elite cursed energy user and like cursed energy just flows over his body except for when he wants to attack. So that that point goes there. But I want to get back, go back to uh, Naoyo Zenin's like he his abilities uh, revealed later, but he's like super fast. Mm-hmm. So. So then the fight continues. Wasn't there someone with with similar abilities to his? Yeah, he got destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, he was the other guy from the Zenin family. Oh, they shared the same ability. They did. I think his ability may have been had faster, but uh, we'll get to that later. The fight continues, and and we learn Yuji doesn't fear blades because he could he could harden his body against steel. But he's like, I shouldn't do it against this opponent because this opponent might make mince meat me. out of yeah mince meat. So he's dodging his stuff, and he jumps through a car, and he grabs a knife, and then he does this whole like imbued knife of cursed energy to fight, but he's not too good at it, so. The fight happens. He ends up breaking his sword and the other guy's sword, and then Chozo gets hit by now now Yuyo now Yuyo Zenin, and then they start talking about older brothers, and he was like, "There's no point to have older brothers are feared to younger brothers. They should just hang themselves and die." And I'm like, "Dang." That's messed up. And then Chozo kind of gives the analogy of how that he kind of needed to be an example. And Naruto, I think he was like the, the ability of like, like being out front and like leading people. I was like, oh, this gives me like Naruto vibes. So, yeah, and then we find that Chozo's ability allows him to survive massive blood loss as long as he has cursed energy. And this is when we find out now, now yo can move at 24 frames per second. So I was like, oh, that's that ability that we saw from that other guy that was fighting with Maki and... Yeah, it sounded familiar. It was just like, that sounds... Like it it won't work later on. (laughs) Yeah. With Maki and and, uh, Nanami. So, So then he gets... Yuji hits with a final attack, stab through his and, heart. Uh, yeah, and Yuta kills him. So, so there goes all of Jujutsu Kaisen. Ends right there. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, we find out that Jin is Yuji's father and Kaori is his mother. But somehow, I believe it's not Kaori. It's it's whoever took Ghetto's body. Mm-hmm. And we also do a little flashback where Gojo went to Utah and asked for help to protect the first year and second years. And Utah can heal. So we find out that he stabbed Yuji and killed Yuji at the same time. So, so he healed him 
and Fushiguro shows up and Yuji doesn't want to go back because go back to Jujutsu High because he killed people and then Fushiguro says it's both their fault and they aren't heroes for justice but are Jujutsu sorcerers and no, no, uh, Norito Shikamu starts a culling game so with so many rules to be yeah. oh my god it was just yeah. like Kamos <laughs> that I believe inhabited um, inhabited Yuji's mother's body because I think she died at some point. I do have the rules for the culling game. Go ahead, go over them. Yeah. Rule number one after awakening a curse technique, players must declare their participation in the culling game at a colony of the choice within 19 days. Number two any player who breaks the previous rule shall be subject to curse technique removal. Number three, non-players who enter the colony shall become players at the moment of entry and shall be considered to have declared participation in the culling game. Four, players score points by ending the lives of other players. Five, points are determined by the game master and indicate, indicate, the, indicate the value of a player's life. As a general rule, sorcerers are worth five points and non-sorcerers are worth one point. Six, excluding the point value of a player's own life, players may expend 100 points to negotiate with the game master to add one new rule to the culling game. Four, in accordance with the previous rule, the game master must accept any proposed new rule unless it has a marked and long-lasting effect on the culling game. And the last rule, eight, if a player's score remains the same for 19 days, that player shall be subject to curse technique removal. So, a lot to unpack there. Pause it, digest, you know, listen to it. So, next chapter, Megami asks Itadori for help in the game and for his sister. And it is confirmed at this point he does have 15 fingers. They come up with a plan to get back to Jujutsu High and contact Tegan to find out how to break Gojo out. And they find out someone says the culling game is jujutsu terrorism and then we this is the part where it might probably broke your heart you probably cried a little bit we talk about nobara yes where is she and fushi girl kind of looks all sad she might be dead i don't know i don't think she's dead i think i think she can't i don't know if they've seen her yet she might be like in um, what's it called? Life support? Intensive care? Something? I don't know. Yeah. But, um, anyhow, so, this made me real sad. Maki's alive, but her face is all damaged. Yeah, her face is currently fucked. Her, her whole body's damaged. I was like, dang. Like they had to burn my girl like that. They did it, man. Shoot. Yeah. But they then they plan to break in like Mahito did. And the remains of his six brothers, of Chojo's six brothers, will be the guy to the warehouse. And 11 years ago, Toji Zenim was, was part of the attack. So that, 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 that's when the plan was set in motion. Uh, a creature addresses him as 
and then he says, my pleasure to meet you guys. And Kenjaku, a sorcerer who was no no Ritoshi Kimono, is now inhabiting by the ghetto. Uh, he says that the two, um, that two of the people must stay there to guard him. Uh, either Yaki Tsukamo or Yuta or the uh, death womb death room painting must stay to serve as bodyguards uh, and Kenjaku intends to force the evolution of um, humans through Japan and he wants to do this by merging mankind and Tegan but it's inefficient to do it one by one so he wants to merge um, he wants to merge merge them like that mm-hmm. and so and also because he didn't fuse with the well that's later I can talk about that later because uh, he's now like a curse spirit he's more curse spirit than human being so it's easy for him to be manipulated by by Kamo's curse technique yeah and he was like most likely they were to meet face to face, he'd probably get controlled immediately. Yeah. So, Kenjaku is the second most powerful barrier user other than Tegan. And Tegan, the plasma store, and the, the, the six eyes are all co- connected by fate. And so we find that Kenjaku, he lost twice to the sorcerer's six eyes. And he killed the vessel and the, the six eyes within a month after they were born. So with this, they he decides to he decides to um seal them rather than eradicate them because only one of them can exist at a time. Uh can't have two six eyes and at any given point. And when Toji Zen was born, he was anomaly because he escaped cursed energy and like he broke their fates. And we find out that the culling game is like breaking the body prior to merging. And one of the stipulations is that he can't be the game master. And then Chozo and Yuki decide to stay and they get, uh, they get the back of the present realm to break out Gojo. So they need the, the inverted spear of heaven or the black rope. Uh, the inverted spear of heaven nullifies and black rope cancels effects. And then you find out that Gojo destroyed one and did something with the other. And then we find the angel that can extinguish any curse technique. So you find out that, that Tegan knows her location, tells her where to go, and find the ritual. And it's now November 9th, and sorcerers without curse technique aren't at risk in this game. And everyone's going to receive a shikigami. Mm-hmm. And then Maki wants to go to some workshop. And then we find a Kenji Kakari. It's a, a, like a third year. And he's going to come in to help. So it's it's coming down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, I mean, we're catching up. Yeah. We're, um... So. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen... Thirteen chapters away from the current chapter. You say less, but... So, it's, um... Yeah. 
There's a lot to unpack. Yeah, Tegan, they, his bonds are broken, so it's which yeah. is cool. Once we once we catch up, it'll give uh, Irby here some more time to read My Hero. Um, I read My Hero. My Hero might get the One Piece treatment where I start reading every once in a while. I understand. I yeah. understand. One Piece is boring. Wow, you're boring. I know. Damn. <laughs> but uh, I did read some One Piece this week. Anything exciting? No. One Piece is never exciting. Where are you? Are you at Wano or are you at the Whole Cake arc? Whole Cake. They, um, I just met Sanji's sister and Yanji. Um, he just finished writing his dad. Uh, Pudding gave him the, the directions to wherever they had to go. And then I think I, I think I ended Jim Bay. asked for his for for his release or whatever. Um, where am I? I don't know. Can't remember. It's not that important. I know where you're at. Yeah, somewhere in there. So, yeah, I don't take notes on it because it's not noteworthy. Um, wow, man. <laughs> don't talk about it if you're going to trash it. Jeez. Hey, I got to talk about some hell. But, yeah, there it goes. Piece. It's decent. Poor it's boy. better than watching, I'll tell you that much. I feel like I didn't already did 30 episodes that's just possible. by reading 15 chapters that, that's possible yeah it's a one piece it's because it they feel long because um it's not feel long it's not seasonal they are long you talking about episodes mm-hmm that's because they are long and then you can just and most you, a, you can you skip like five minute minutes intro. in. Yeah, you can skip like five minutes. You got a nine minute in. intro and a a ten minute outro. And ten then you got a intro. you got a four minute recap. Alright, you're doing too much. That's the whole episode right there. Yeah, it's forty five minutes an episode. Nah, you're doing too much. Shoot. But yeah, then we, we learned a little bit about um well my boy Pickham's got thrown off the sh the the thing again and charlotte's married the the house the house dude a fortress fortress fruit guy whatever his name is oh yeah so, that guy yeah she got her she got off that, that Beach, island veg. quick yeah she got she got off there quick and had a baby the baby got a cigar in the mouth i'm like dang <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude Anything, um, excuse me. Anything else noteworthy, Irby? Anything else noteworthy? Uh, nope. Got nothing. Nothing at all? Nothing at all. Alright, well, with that being said, that was this week's installment of Herbal Synergy. Follow us. Listen to us, I-R-B-A-L-S-I-N-E-R-G-Y. 
Uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You know it. You name it. We're there. Spotify. Did I, did I say Spotify? I don't know. I wasn't listening. Damn. Damn. Hey, be like that. <laughs> Catch you guys next week. <laughs> Peace. Peace.